and his compassions never fail. And every day they're brand new. You can never run out of them. Welcome to Movement Scientists, and that is Fred Hammond singing I Woke Up This Morning. Very nice song. I love Fred Hammond. He is a gospel musician from America, and he has a beautiful voice, and he's singing I Woke Up With My Mind, or Woke Up This Morning With My Mind on Jesus. And I listen to all types of music, gospel, um, R&B, jazz, soul, classical music, Ibiza, Niger, uh, Kwaito, and uh, Latin music, sometimes a little bit of Indian Bangra and Arabic music. Music is good. Music is movements, spirits. And this is a movement scientist podcast where we discuss about spirits. And we are going to be discussing today, um, I've, I've been having so many movements on my mind, you know, <laughs> and so I want to pick one that we can focus on and finish um, very well, you know. So, as I'm, as I'm getting my movement, uh, I was just telling you how the... The truth of life is that everything is a movement. Everything is a spirit. Everything is data. A spirit is data, you know. And that's what people need to understand. That um, a spirit is actually material. Only that is higher material is a higher material. Like most of these guys say that the spirit is immaterial. The spirit world. But I don't believe in that. I believe that it is higher matter. And so being higher matter, we have the... Um, because of being higher matter, as, as your human phone beings, fills up with photos and videos, 
Do you have a hard time finding your favorite? We can we can try and learn those things, but we can't. It's still it's still beyond reaches. But we can try to, you know, we can try and understand the spiritual stuff. That's why they're spiritualists. These are people who understand the spirit world. They understand it because they are students of higher matter. You know, I always, I always tell people, we are all one, but some of us are on different floors. Like, have you seen the Empire State Building? It has almost 100 floors. And that's, who, that's what the world is. We are all in one building called the world. And some of us are on the first floor and others are on the hundredth floor. So, guys who tend to be very spiritual, they tend to be in the high floor because spirituality is very complicated. It's not as easy as some people want it to be. So, what happens is then... Irony is that even those who do not focus on spirituality but focus on materiality, they are also very complicated. But it's easier. Theirs is easy because it's science. So you find the material world of your phone, your your plates, your 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 your, your what you call it, your house. That's matter. It's matter. Okay, and then the psychology, the soul. Your spirit, your mind, that can't be touched, it's also matter. Okay? Anything that has knowledge and experience is matter. So even your spirit, which can't be seen. Because when you die, your body is empty. You know, I was telling people yesterday that the fact that you cannot... um, Put oxygen in a dead body and it wakes up is the proof that it's not oxygen that gives you life. There is an element that gives you life. Because if people would die, I mean, why not just get the oxygen cylinder and pump it in their body and wake them up? It's because there is something, it's not oxygen that just gives life. There is something in the body that animates us and that's what we call the spirit numa anima you know the beast you know anima is where you get the word animal so the spirit is a beast <laughs> i'm saying this because of people who like understanding the end time movement they feel like the christians especially they say oh my god the beast system is here and i'm saying if you translate it in modern english it's the animal system and if you translate it again into um, proper English, it is the spirit system. Okay? The spirit system. Okay? So it, the beast system is the spirit system because the beast is an animal. And if you go deep in the Greek, the word used for beast is a wild animal. So wild spirits. You know? So it's a wild spirit system. And so animals are spirits. Yes. And humans are also spirits. Animals are cosmic beings and humans are cosmic beings. 
and everything is a cosmic material, even a stone is a cosmic material, because its source is, is cosmic. Everything that exists in the world is cosmic, because its original source is cosmic. That's why all races of the world are one, because we all came from one sperm. And we all came from one egg. <laughs> so that's what you understand. And people will be like, well, is that true? Well, I don't know. So today I want us to focus on the uh, the movement we're going to do is uh, called um, the, I have so many movements, anarchism. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do anarchism. So anarchism is an anti-authoritarian political philosophy that rejects hierarchies deemed unjust and advocates their replacement with self-managed, self-governed societies based on voluntary cooperative institutions. So anarchism hates authoritarianism. They hate whereby you have somebody authorizing you what to do. Okay? And they reject hierarchies. These institutions are often described as stateless societies, although several authors have defined them more specifically as distinct institutions based on non-hierarchical or free associations. Anarchism's central disagreement with other ideologies is that it holds a state to be undesirable, unnecessary, and harmful. So there are people who, they don't like the state because the state is controlling everything. They are authoritarian. They tell you what to do. They tell you where to go. They tell you what they want. They tell you what you should not do. And so anarchists are like, hey, that's not normal. It's very undesirable and unnecessary. Like, why, how can you tell 50 million people what to do? It's madness. <laughs> so it's unnecessary. Yes, you don't have to rule everybody. Let people be free and do what they want, you know. And then the anarchists also say it's harmful. Yes, it, because someone can abuse authority to, to attack people. That's what happened in Nazi Germany. They used their authority to kill people. You see, it was very hard for countries to stop Hitler because he was, uh, he was elected. The real people to stop him were the German people. They didn't. There was no country that could stop him because without a war. And that's what happened. France, Britain, USA, and Russia finally fought Hitler because Hitler now, when he saw he succeeded in Germany, he extended his, uh, his policies to other countries and that now led to war. You see? And so he came and he was, they went to war. So that's, and it was abuse of authority because Hitler was now the chancellor. Was he the chancellor of, or uh, what is it, a pharaoh? You know, and, uh, and when he did that, he went on to say, you know, Jews should not mix with the, with the non-Jews and gays should not be free 
in the public and all of these things so finally it was climbing 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 and then he now said kill them and that's what happened so sometimes state power can be harmful now anarchism is usually placed on the far left of the political spectrum and much of its economics and legal philosophy reflect anti-authoritarian interpretations of communism collectivism syndicalism mutualism or participatory economics so they are very it's mostly a far left um movement and they are they are against the of course we've told you authority and they have they interpret communism in a positive way they com- they interpret collectivism in a positive way and participatory economics you know as anarchism does not offer a fixed body of doctrine from a single particular world view many anarchist types and traditions exist and varieties of anarchy diverge widely anarchist schools of thought can differ fundamentally supporting anything from extreme individualism to complete collectivism so there are very many anarchist schools of thought and they can they can be extremely individual or complete collectivism whereby everybody works as a as a clan we do the same thing <laughs> it's a madness of the world and strains of anarchism anarchism have been often divided into the categories of social and individualist anarchism or similar classifications so anarchism comes from the greek word anarchia without a ruler arkos is a ruler ark that's why you get the ark of the covenant and the ruler of the covenant and you get arkos the ark bishop the ruling bishop the leading bishop and then you have the um monarchy it is the ruler one ruler because mon is one in um i think it's french if i'm not wrong uh well in french mon means uh my one person my and so yes and okay in french it's un you know and so if it's un they add m and then it becomes mon and or not moon so that is mono you know you get from the word mono mono also means one so a monarchy is ruler of one and then you have oligarchy which means few people ruling and then you have demo no democracy doesn't have that uh you have what's the other archy before we go on uh we've talked about oligo ast- aristocracy no sorry not that one um there are very many archies sorry i'm i'm missing them matriarchy is the rule of where a female is the ruler and patriarchy is where the father or a man is a ruler all right so the suffix ism denotes the ideological current that favors anarchy and it was first used in 1642 in england 
Various factions in the French Revolution labeled their opponents as anarchists, although few such accused such many views with later anarchists. Many revolutionaries such as William Godwin and Wilhelm Weitling would contribute to anarchist doctrines of the next generation, but they did not use the word anarchist or anarchism in describing themselves or their beliefs. Pierre Joseph was the first anarchist. Proudhon, Proudhon. Since the 1890s and the beginning in France, the term libertarianism has often been used as a synonym for anarchism, and its use as a synonym is still common outside the United States. On the other hand, some use libertarianism to refer to individualistic free market philosophy only, referring to free anarchism, anarchism, free market anarchism as libertarian anarchism. So, there are some people who think, when you say you're an anarchist, they think you're a libertarian. A libertarian is a person who values individual liberty. And so, and to some people, they feel that is anarchy. But in my view, that can't be anarchy because individual liberty is guaranteed for you even where there's a ruler. You see, there's a very wrong concept that when I am concerned about my liberty, it means I'm against the ruling authority. No, it doesn't mean that. Okay, so that's what people need to understand. That libertarianism is actually, um, let's see what libertarianism is again. I did the video, the audio last time. It's a collection, a movement that holds, upholds liberty as a core principle. You know, freedom of choice, freedom of association, freedom of movement. Yes, that's libertarianism. So how is that, how is that anarchy? It's not anarchy because... I mean, you can be in a country, you're in a kingdom, you have a king, he's in charge, but you do your, what you want to do, you know, you decide to wake up at uh, 3 a.m. and sleep at 4 p.m. I mean, who is going to stop you from doing that? But if you're in a country whereby they rule you by force, they will say everybody must wake up at 6 a.m. and sleep at 6 p.m. Because they want to follow the rules of Jesus. So they say this is a Jesus country. And everybody is going to wake up from 6 a.m. And sleep at 6 p.m. Because Jesus said 12 hours a man shall work. And they come and check everybody in the house to see who is sleeping. And or who is not following. Or who continues working past 6 p.m. So you see that is what libertarians don't like. They say that you have a leader. But the leader leaves the people to do what they do. That's individual liberty. So that's not anarchy. Because they still a leader. But that's libertarianism or liberalism. Now, for others, so other people say, okay, libertarianism basically just means individualistic free market, whereby you go and do business without someone interfering with you. But they call libertarian anarchism free market anarchism, whereby you are not an individual. There is no individual involved here, but they allow free market economics. Free market economics means the government is not even involved in 
what is happening in the economy. It's not centrally planned. There's no authority sitting down and saying, okay, the price of fuel will be this. You know, in very many countries, the fuel prices are controlled by government authorities for a reason, you know. And sometimes that is, that's a sign of limited uh, markets. Yeah? There is there's, a limited market, meaning the market is partly controlled by the government because they control the prices of fuel. Right, but in a free market society or scenario, there is no one controlling the prices. So someone can charge the fuel, even <laughs> the lowest <laughs> price, to get very many people. And the guy becomes very profitable. So sometimes very important commodities, the prices are controlled by the government because some people can become stinking rich because of uh, a very... Uh, a necessity and pricing it at a price that people may like or may not like. So while opposition to the state is central to anarchist thought, defining anarchism is not an easy task as there's a lot of talk among scholars on various kinds perceive and various kinds perceiving anarchism slightly different. So anarchism, what is the central, what's the core of anarchism? Opposition to the state. Do not forget that. And as movement science is going to be going on with time, we are going to be doing what is called core. What is the core of a movement? That is what you see. And to find out the core of a movement, you deal. That's how you deal with a movement. If you're a political scientist working for a government and you're listening to us, you can use this to scuttle another movement that is not friendly to you. So you need to know the core of that movement so that you can do away with it. So, of course, it's very hard. Do you know movements, they never die. Have you known that? There is no movement in the world that has died. Every movement exists forever. And I told you, movements are spirits. And spirits do not die. Okay? Will never dies. <laughs> so that's what we need to understand. Will never dies. Spirit never dies. That's why the human will is the most powerful thing. Because it never dies. You will always do what you want because it's your spirit. It's wonderful. So, there is no movement dying. Even the LGBT movement will never die. The, the, all of them, why don't they die? Because their philosophy is in the air. Like nationalism has been in the world for thousands of years. When you read the Bible, Israel even had an statement that they were not supposed to marry from other nations. That's nationalism. And that's the same thing Hitler also did in Germany. He said Jews should not marry non-Jews. Because that's what used to happen in Germany. Very many Germans are Jews. 
Even Hitler was a Jew. You see? So there was a lot of intermarriage happening in Germany. And now when nationalism woke up, a spirit that had been sleeping, it then woke up. They said, now enough, we're not going to marry someone who is not from our nation. And that's what happened. And that's the spirit of nationalism is still there. It hasn't died. Now, 50 years later, what are you seeing in the world? Nationalism. Again, it has come back. And people are saying, we don't want foreigners to come to our country. The way they do, they come, like in America, they are not happy with how the Mexicans come into America. Because they do it so easily and they become Americans without fail. You know, so a lot of so the so the nationalist sentiment and security based sentiment is like, no, we can't have this to happen. Now, if America says we don't want any foreigner to come, that is what you call ultra nationalism. But if you have a system whereby they're saying, okay, we want you to legally come to our country. That is not ultra-nationalism. So, so far, as a, as a movement scientist, because that's what we are, there is no Nazi system so far in the world. Yes. Even in, uh, of course, some people who hate what Israel is doing, they think Israel is also behaving like a Nazi state or apartheid state by blocking people. But no, they are not. Every country in the world now is in the point of mid-nationalism. They are nationalistic, but with a bit of reasoning, you know. Like, that's what happened. Even Britain is, one of the reasons why Britain is leaving the EU is for nationalistic issues. They have interests that they don't share with most of Europe. Interests are seen in the laws you pass. So, the laws of Europe, in fact, one of the main things that British, the British Parliament was not happy about, or the British people, was that the laws of Europe would automatically gain uh, authority in Britain without argument. And the British Parliament had to accept that. So, because Britain is a parliamentary system, the EU uh, power of the law applies everywhere in the EU zone was going to clash with them because their parliament is very powerful. It's more powerful than the Queen. The Queen only signs what comes from the parliament and the prime minister, like what has happened right now. Uh, Boris Johnson has prorogued parliament. And he went and told the queen, please suspend parliament because there's a trouble. And she did it. She can't argue with him and say, oh, why do you want to do that to the parliament? <laughs> she can't argue. She has to sign. And so she signed it. And, and because he's the prime minister. And so, of course, people are arguing that this guy, he's not elected. Who gives him the power to do that? And he's saying, and his people are saying, no, we, the Conservative Party, we put him in power to replace Theresa May, who was elected by the people, 
So it's like, duh, if we have an election, he'll still win. So don't worry. Piece of cake. <laughs> so that's what has happened in England. So there's a lot of there's a lot of disagreement. But one of the reasons why they want to leave Europe is for the sovereignty principle, which is nationalism. So countries want to be uh they want to keep their sovereignty. They don't want to pass every law that the European Parliament is passing. They don't want to pass it as law in their country. So what they do? They want to leave so that they can control their laws. And if they want to trade with Europe, they will trade with them differently. So of course, it's another mess there, which we won't talk about. But what was I, why was I trying to say all of that? I was trying to show you how nationalism is the, the prime spirit in the air. However, luckily, unlike the past when people used to look at nationalism negatively, we now are looking at it positively. And Yuval Harari has done a very good video about positive nationalism, whereby it's not bad to be national. Of course, this is what I want to tell everybody right now. Everything has its weaknesses and strengths. You know? Everything. There is nothing perfect. Absolutely nothing perfect. So, with that, nationalism has some good positives and neutrals and negatives. Okay? So, because we are conscious human beings and we can learn from history, we can create a nationalism that is not lethal, like that of Nazi Germany, was lethal nationalism. And we can also create um, socialism that is positive and not very disastrous to the capital class, the class that controls industry. And we can also control, we can make capitalism compassionate, whereby human, you humanize capitalism. Because if you leave capitalism to be are you seeing what's happening in capitalism? It's become robotic. They are now hiring robots. And they will not pay the robots, so they're going to make money. That's capitalism for you. And they will forget about the worker, the human worker. That's what the transhuman movement has to understand. They have to watch out for that. They, they lose the loss of human, human uh, sense. You know? Because now, when a robot is working for you 24-7 and you pay it nothing and it makes your things very fast and you sell them and you make billions in a week, my God, that's the end of the world. I'm telling you people, we are now living in the most incredible world ever. Because the robots are taking over and guys are, uh, what do you call it? Their companies are making money, you see, because of using the robots. And what does that mean? These, there are new capitalists being born, and therefore the resources of the world are becoming less. Oh my God. It's, the world is in, in, another, in another dimension. It's a crisis coming for us. All right. 
Hence, it is, might be true to say that anarchism is a cluster of political philosophies opposing authority and hierarchical organization, including the state, capitalism, nationalism, and all associated institutions. So you see, the state is hated because they try to control you. All right? Capitalism is hated because they are very rich and you are not rich. And nationalism is hated because they, they, they are so exclusive. They are not inclusive. They don't want other races to be involved in government. Other races to be involved in the economy. Alright. So, that's what anarchists fast, fight. Major elements of anarchism include the will for a non-coercive society, the rejection of the state apparatus, the belief that human nature allows humans to exist in or progress towards such a non-coercive society, a suggestion on how to act to pursue the ideal of anarchy. So, that's what you need to understand. Anarchists don't want coercion. You know what is to be coerced? To be forced to do something. You see, that's wrong. Because human beings have their right, their freedom. Freedoms are rights. That's what we have. So when you find someone coercing you to do something, that goes against your human rights. That's what happened in America. They were coerced to fight in Vietnam. Forced conscription. You know? And they said no. People said no. They even Some people literally hid. They ran away like chicken because they didn't want to go and fight. And that was good for them to run away because why carry a soldier who doesn't want to fight? He's not going to fight. And he'll embarrass you. And what happened in Vietnam? They were embarrassed. America was embarrassed. Because they carried people, they forced people to fight. It was the maddest decision ever. But it happened. It was supposed to happen. You know, I am a believer of uh, the cosmic plan of the cosmos. And if things happen, it is because the cosmos planned that they happen. They allowed them to happen. And if you believe in God, then you also believe in that ideal I have put forward, that idea. Okay. So during the prehistoric era of mankind, an established authority did not exist. So anarchism is that old. Anarchism is based on the fact that the first human beings never had an authority. There was no authority. Okay? Yes, they did have someone ruling them. And it's like, duh, there were five people. And they were scattered. You know? They had all the land. Imagine five people and then you're in a place like Egypt. Then you find a river. That other friend finds a river. He runs there. Oh, there's a river. Let me go and follow it. And he follows it. Then the river takes him to Nigeria. And there are five. He has left four people in Egypt and he has gone to Nigeria. That's how the world was. And the guy may have been eaten by a crocodile and never came back again. That's how the world was. There was no authority. There was no order. No borders. No government. 
But when people increased in number, then they needed to organize themselves. And that's when governments were created. But the ideal and the original state of human beings is free human with no authority over them. Rather, they are the authority. That's what you call individual rights, individual freedom, individual power. That's why humans migrated. Do you know why they migrated? There was no government to stop them. Imagine if the first humans came to earth or were born in earth and they found governments. You know, like you're born, the first humans, and they say, you're born in Nigeria, don't go. This is Nigeria, stay here. You're born in Bolivia, don't go. This is, but there's nothing like that. So humans were just walking, they were touring. Oh, look at China, the Himalaya Mountains. Wow, beautiful. Can we climb there? Let's try. And they climbed. Okay. Ah, we survived. Ah, okay. I think it's nice to stay here. Then one of them says, no, but I liked Egypt. It was very nice. The sun was good. I don't like Egypt. It's too hot. Okay, you go back to Egypt. Okay, I'll go back. The guy comes back to Egypt. Before he comes back to Egypt, he stops in Greece and says, wow, there's too much grapes here. What am I going to do in Egypt? And I didn't see grapes. Oh, what the fuck? I'm staying in Greece. And so he stays in Greece. So... That's how humans migrated. There were no borders, no police, no armies, nothing, nada. But now, when cities and towns started growing, hierarchy was invented and anarchist ideas espoused as a reaction. So now people started putting kings and chiefs and political leaders. And the anarchists at that time were saying, hey, excuse me, we're not used to what you're doing. You know, like Israel in the Bible, the story is there. They were like, we do not want, we want to have a king because Israel was a theocracy. It was led by the clergy. It was led by the prophets. So first of all, the judges were the rulers of Israel. Then they lost. I think judges were also prophets in Israel. So um after that Samuel was now the prophet who was ruling Israel then the Israelites said you know those guys our neighbors they have kings they look nice you know they're having parades and they're carrying everything and dancing around so why don't we have that you know Samuel can you do it and Samuel was so angry with them he said okay I'm giving it to you but be be careful your king will enslave you and so he gave them a king called King Saul. And that was the first king of Israel. They copied the other nations. <laughs> so that's what you see. So Israel was not ruled by an authority as such. Even Moses, people make a very big mistake to think that Moses was a successful leader. He wasn't. The whole book of Exodus Numbers and Deuteronomy, they cannot fit 40 years. <laughs> Those books are not stories. They are laws. Book of Numbers, Exodus, Deuteronomy, they are laws. So there is no, we cannot see the leadership style of Moses properly. And there was no order. It was only those laws 
that were the order of the country. And remember, if you read the laws very critically, they were to be properly implemented when they went to Israel, when they had a temple. Can you imagine cutting bulls and sheep in the, in the desert? Ask yourself, what were, what, was, what were they eating? And how many cows and bulls did they have? You know, I always question those. <laughs> yes. So there's something weird about that story that is, we are never told the truth about it. All right. So examples of anarchism in the ancient world were in China and Greece. And in Greece, anarchist attitudes were raised by guys like Asichilis and Sophilis, who used the myth of Antigone to illustrate the conflict between rules set by the state and personal autonomy. So sometimes the state can pass a law that fights with your personal freedom. Like anti-pornography, that you cannot watch pornography. And yet you, you can watch it. Yes. And there's nobody watching you, what you're doing. So, you see, that is a conflict between the state and their personal autonomy. You are free to do anything. Pornography is, is data. Yes, there's nothing wrong with it. It's even in the Bible. Adam and Eve were naked and not ashamed. Now, what do you see in your head but nakedness? <laughs> so what do I tell people? The Bible is also pornographic. So if you ban pornography, you're actually burning the Bible. <laughs> so this is what we need to understand, that there is conflict between rules set by the state and personal autonomy. Another example is whereby the state wants to confiscate guns, like in America. They want to confiscate guns from people, and you have a right to have a gun. That's the problem in, in America, because America's law allows people to have guns. The Constitution, especially, allows them to have guns. But there can be a scenario whereby the government passes a law and says, we want your guns. And they're like, excuse me, I, it's my right. So those are conflicts between the state and personal autonomy that leads to anarchism. Because the personal autonomy now says, no, you can't touch my, my gun. You can't touch my time. You can't touch my smartphone. You know, because a state can say, we will listen to all your conversations on the phone. All of them are recorded. And someone will say, no, that is not allowed. Okay, so that's what happened in Greece. Socrates, one of my favorite philosophers, questioned Athenian authorities constantly and insisted to the right of individual freedom of consciousness. Yes, I agree with you, Socrates. Authorities should not violate individual freedom of consciousness. And cynics dismissed human law and associated authorities while trying to live according to nature. Stoics were supportive of a society based on unofficial and friendly relations among its citizens without the presence of a state. So basically in Greece, there was a lot of uh, anarchism. In the Middle Ages, there was no anarchist activity except some aesthetic religious movements in the Islamic world or Christian Europe. This kind of tradition later gave birth to religious anarchism. I like what they've said, Christian Europe. And now 
Europe is becoming Islamic because the majority of the migrants moving to Europe are Muslim. And so that is a, it's a fact of life. Don't panic. It's history. It's uh, demographics. It's uh, fertility rates and all of those things. Don't panic. You know, the, the mistake of human beings is that when you want to family plan, another one doesn't want to. Okay? Yes. You, you are there, you want to say, I'm only going to have two children. Another one is saying, I'm going to have six. And if I want to add more, two more, eight. And so that one now increases the number of people. And that's why Islam is going to be the largest religion. Already it's the largest religion with 1.8 billion people being Sunnis. Okay, Catholic, Christians are many, but when you, when you measure people denominationally, it's the Sunnis that are number one. Okay? Christians are the highest, the majority. But when you go denominationally, like Catholics, Protestants, then Sunnis, it is Sunnis who are number one. So why is that happening? Is it because they are preaching? No. They have many children. And that's what's happening. And as I've told you in Europe, they, their culture is, no, you have to plan, plan for family because, and by the way, let me tell you, as we finish, this is an issue that Europe really needs to look at. Because if you have a population whereby they are having very many people, that means you will overstretch the services that the government provides and the country will collapse. Yes, because you are having so many people, within a short time, Britain will have 100 million people. And they are crying that the NHS is, is not even strong enough to support everybody. So what's going to happen? There's a crisis coming. And it's because of poor planning and weak systems. Systems that did not envisage the rise of numbers. And Europe is so funny, they made the same mistake again when they came to Africa. And the colonialists, they made small roads, small towns, you know, because they thought people will not become many. They assumed that Africans were also like Europeans. Then shock came on them when they left Africa and the African populations surged to the point that the roads that they left are are redundant. They are even too tiny. And people built buildings on along those small roads. So now because of the population, they have to destroy those buildings, which is a lot of money, again, to make wider roads. So you see, it was the poor planning because of poor vision. They couldn't see ahead that the world was going to expand. And this is now what you're seeing in Europe. Because of the migration of Syrians to Europe, the systems of government are weak in those countries, so they can't deal with the numbers. So that's why even most of the European countries, what they did is they now put a, a limit that these are the number of refugees that can come to our country. Because if we bring everybody, we will not be able to plan well, which is good. I highly support that. And... Because it's like a family. You only have $5,000 to take care for five people. Then 20 people come and stay. I mean, it's going to be chaos. So that's what's happening there. 
And so that was just by the way. I like talking about demographics. Oh my god, it's my favorite topic. Uh, one of my. <laughs> I have very many. Okay, let's finish this thing. So basically, anarchism is against the state and all of these guys fight the state and Karl Marx was also uh, a guy who also had the feelings of anarchism you know and you have anarcho communists in china small groups of students imported humanistic pro science version of anarcho communism and i like that i love humanism and pro science oh my god give me that give me jesus <laughs> and so communism illegalism stealing the possessions of the rich because capitalists were not their rightful owners was another strategy which some anarchists adopted during those same years so there are some people who did illegalism and they would steal from the rich you know anarchists from russia so russia has also experienced a lot of anarchism and in other countries that espouse a lot of marxism and leninism there has been anarchist anarchism there is also a form of anarcho feminism whereby feminists also distort the authority infrastructure you know yes it's part of politics they cause chaos because the the feminist is saying you're not listening to us so we are going to oppose you and so the and there are new anarchisms that have come up in the 21st century and will be done these include the anti-war anarchism these are guys who fight people who want to go to war and the anti-capitalist anarchism you saw them last weekend at G7 they were there protesting and the anti-globalization movements these ones are against globalization i am for globalization okay some anarchist factions at these protests engage in rioting property destruction and violent confrontations with the police all right guys i think that's enough it's a very deep uh, thing and i want to leave you to do your own research more about this is very important in the 21st century where we are transhuman there is also techno anarchism this is where transhumanists and computer scientists are able to cause anarchy because they are um they are attacking the state which is ignorant of technology so because of that ignorance you now have techno anarchism and i want people to understand there is no movement that is good or bad okay every movement is a movement is a movement there is nothing like a good or bad movement okay a movement is a movement because somebody will say some people will say this is good another person says that is bad okay so now how do we solve that situation of movements that are good or bad 
you don't call them good or bad. You say, go further. You see, like Nazism, don't say Nazism is a bad movement. That, what does that mean? It means nothing. Say, Nazism is a movement that calls for the killing of people, Jews and gays. That's what you're supposed to say. All right? And when you say that, and the law is against killing, then that movement is illegal. It's as simple as that. But if you just say, ah, this is a bad movement. What is bad? There's nothing in the law that is bad or good. You know. Do you know it is not illegal to build a bad road? <laughs> yes. It's not illegal to build a bad road. So you, you're given the contract to build a road. They don't tell you a good road. So what do you do as a writer of the, the tender, the procurement uh, document? Tell them, we want you to make a tarmac road like this. Okay? That is better than telling someone, make us a good road. You okay? A good one. <laughs> so what am I trying to do? I'm trying to train you not to be so fixated on, it's so simple-minded to be calling things good or bad. Hit the thing in the nail. If it is it is detrimental to the human race, call it detrimental. Like Nazism was a disaster. You know, people he, killing people because they hate them is wrong. You don't kill someone because you hate them. Okay? Even I don't need to say it's wrong. It's, it is inhuman and it's unconstitutional. You see, that's better words to use. But if you just say it's bad, it's wrong. It's, no. Take yourself higher in language so that somebody understands that it is very uh, important. Alright guys, thank you so much for joining us. We will leave you with the songs from <laughs> uh Monsters by Sarah Alto. Sto 